Welcome to Brave New Words. Uh, this is our new book show. Uh, this is the first episode of our new new book show. And essentially, we're going to talk about books, because that's the entire point. So, uh, I'm your host, Ed Fortune, and I'm here with... It's Del. Hello. I'm Ross. Hello. So, uh, on today's show, we're going to take a slight departure, despite the fact that it's our first ever show. But if you're familiar with the bookworm, uh, then you'll know the deal. You can catch us on the usual channels, so we're still on at Radio Bookworm. Uh, you can also find us on Brave New Words. We have a new Brave New Words Tumblr and all the rest of it as well. It's all terribly exciting. We're going to take a slight departure from our usual thing. Our normal format is I would do a bit of book news, then we would take a look at one book, and then we'll discuss the world of books in general. Between the fact that we have massive boxes of books right now. So many boxes of books. <laughs> so many books. There's so many exciting new things that have come out in the last 12 months. So what we're going to do is we're going to very quickly, I say very quickly, it's probably going to be the next 40 minutes to be honest, talk about books. But firstly, uh, a bit of book news. Across the world, the real alternative, FabRadioInternational.com. Okay, so it's time for book news, and welcome to listeners if you're coming to us from Starburst Magazine, Fab Radio International, or indeed the Wonky Spanner. Starburst Magazine, of course, is the world's oldest magazine of cult entertainment, and it's a privilege to be involved with you guys, so hello. So, let's get to the first piece of news, which is, if you are planning on attending Neurocon, which is in Barcelona this year, then tough, because memberships are sold out for Neurocon. It's been that successful, there is a waiting you can find out more on the Eurocon 2016 website. Stephen King, master of horror, has recently taken on Donald Trump by sending an open letter opposing the potential American president. And many of the authors involved in the campaign are creators of dystopian fiction, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that Trump getting into power would be bad for business. After all, you don't want your dystopian fiction to be actually real, do you chaps? I think we've said this before on the previous show, uh, which was the Bookworm, but if you're going to the Gamel Awards, uh, you'll find them in Scarborough this year at Fantasy Con by the Sea. We do like a good Gamel, even though the awards tend to be a bit axe-shaped and a little bit scary, but we do like the Gamel Awards. So, yeah, if you uh, fancy going to Fantasy Con this year, it's in Scarborough, so you can find out more from the Fantasy Con website, and that isn't sold out. So if you can't make it to Eurocon, maybe you should go to Scarborough instead. It's almost the same thing. You may have also heard that Wesley Chu and Cassandra Clare are working together on a new series based in the Shadowhunt world. It'll be based on Shadowhunter's version of Wolverine, which is a guy called Magnus. Uh, we are sort of excited by this, but not terribly. In a move that surprises no one, uh, the closely related to Worldcon Awards, the Chelsea Awards, yeah, not the Hugos, but the Chelsea Awards, uh, which are all about illustrations in science fiction, have been announced. Um, it's nothing that you'd be terribly excited by in the sense that there's nothing that's terribly new. There's some nice new magazine illustration stuff, nothing for Starburst, I'm afraid, which is a bit of a surprise. Uh, but we're very pleased to learn that Sam Weber, who did the illustrations for the Folio Society's version of June, which we absolutely adore. I mean, we love the Folio Society stuff anyway. Uh, 
has been nominated for Best Interior Illustration and we're hopefully that will win something. We'll be talking about Mort and both June, the, the Folio Society editions, very, very soon. But if you expect to get your hands on a copy of Mort, you should be aware that the new Folio uh, Society version, which is now uh, available for the public, is out. The, there was a very limited edition that sold out very, very quickly, but you can get your hands on the less limited version, which we've been very lucky to do so recently, and it's gorgeous. It really, really is. Finally, at the Inclusive Minds event, uh, that was the 15th of June, which is recently just gone. Uh, Stephen Price, director of Pickled Pepper Books, say that quickly, uh, has asked for a lot more diverse books, and there definitely seems to be a big call from uh, booksellers and essentially people at the sharp end who are peddling books to you for more diverse books to sell because the demand is increasing. That's good news. Also remember, we've reported this on the past, that the increased sales in physical books is something that's progressing. So never mind all this electronic ebook stuff, the, the news from the world of book selling is this. Physical books are not going away. They're not going away anytime soon. You'll all be relieved to hear. And now back to Brave New Words, where we're going to be diving into a whole pile of books and judging them by the cover. Starburst Magazine. Starburst Magazine. The world's longest running magazine of sci fi horror and fantasy. Get the latest news, features, interviews, and reviews from your favorite genre. Available from a news agent near you. So, so that was the good news. Uh, and it was hilarious, as always. Uh, so <laughs> he said lying because we have no idea because we pre recorded these bits. So. <laughs> Uh, let's look. We've got big boxes of books, so there's going to be a bit of a rummage whilst we look through stuff that we've got. So I'm going to grab some stuff. The idea is we thought we'd do a literal let's judge a book by its cover. Well, this that a, sounds fun. A slight problem with this because this is a book for the Blacklist, which is on Titan, uh, and it's black because it's, the show's called The Blacklist. It's very big and black. It's a dot. Oh, it's got an envelope in the inside it cover. It absolutely has an envelope on the inside With some, cover. Some sort of symbol that would make loads of sense if I'd actually ever watched The Blacklist. Which, in fairness, I watched the first season and went, ooh. And then Why do you read the inside back cover first? I thought that was a bit odd. <laughs> well, because I, I look at this one. Well, okay, so we'll describe it's The Blacklist. It's for a TV show called The Blacklist. Uh, it's called Elizabeth Keane's Dossier. And it's got a little plasticky bit that wraps around it that tells you what the book actually is. But if you take that off, then what you've got is you've got this black book, and it's got ESK written on it in faint embossment. Ooh. That's a bit exciting. I'm assuming again that that means something to some people. Well, <laughs> I seem to recall the point of the show is uh, Raymond Reddington. Who oh, so that's James Spader. James Spader's character Aww. is a crime lord guy who wanders into the FBI and goes, I've got a list of people who are horrible criminals. And they're oh. like, you're, 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 you're horrible and you're probably a trap. But I'll only talk to this one you're lady. You're probably a trap. So you only talk to Elizabeth Keane. So Elizabeth Keane is immediately under suspicion because how does she know this this crime lord guy? And together they fight crime. And you That's know, very clever. That's that's the whole thing. So the, what we'll flip through the actual book itself... Very imagey. It's a very imagey. Someone someone spent an awful lot of time on Photoshop. Yeah. Um, doing various bits and pieces. So, I'm sure if you like to watch the show, this would be a brilliant book. 
like um, just again just not even even reading it every single page is on like lined notepad paper and is a picture of a file on top of this lined notepad paper so you've got your content is on a page which is in a file and it's covered in post-its um, but in terms of the visuals they've really kind of yeah they, like you said this is a long time in Photoshop making something that's very pretty it's a beautiful thing it's one of those books mm-hmm. as things books isn't it rather than yeah a, you kind of you warn this because you love the blacklist yes I really want to very carefully open this dossier do you want me to see if I can use my fingernails on the sticker or have you got fingernails I do have fingernails because I don't you were going <laughs> <laughs> you knew someone was going to be sarcastic I don't think there's anything in this I think, I think it's just a thing that confuses you and scare you that's a spoiler no there's something in there that's even more let's not tell people what it is though <sighs> I, don't, I don't think we can because we can't this is brilliant radio <laughs> absolutely amazing <laughs> dead air because we can't get into a thing dun 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 oh there's oh, is, did he do it oh, did she do it dun dun oh. dun right basically oh did they do it there's we have to go and assassinate this guy now I think that's what, what's happened but there's, there's lots one in every book there's a there's a, there's a <laughs> That'd be a great idea. Oh uh, my goodness! Basically, it's it's another dossier with files and photographs and things, and it looks like the sort of thing that you would get if you were being paid to be a trained assassin. Not that I'd know, because obviously it's perfect cover. But right? who would suspect you, Ed? This is Just good. a meek Geordie who talks about books and poisons your tea while he talks to you about books. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Poison tea? I'd never do such an awful thing. Where's yours? <laughs> Ed, you're not drinking your tea. That's a good point. Um, damn it, I need... <laughs> Luckily, I've developed a, an immunity to eye cane powder. So... I have picked up the Hawkweed Prophecy. Well, it's colourful. It is colourful, but especially this is the proof as well. So the arc, they've made nice things for the arc. It's very black and blue. Um, the writing is quite script spindly. Um, but it says on... on so the, um, this is the Hawkwind Prophecy by Irina Brignall. Um, it says the Hawkwind Prophecy, two girls, two words, one choice. Maybe a little bit interested. The babies were born as the clock struck twelve. A bat fell from the air mid-flight. A silver salmon floated dead to the surface of the river. The spell had been cast. This is totally a children's book, isn't it? When Poppy Hooper and Ember Hawkweed meet, the truth about Poppy's heritage is exposed and the two are drawn together. But the time of the Hawkweed prophecy draws nearer and the witch throne can only belong to one. The what? The witch... Th- oh, yeah. I want to read it. That's good. Ooh, look at that. So, <laughs> there is art. The, the chapter, I'm in a mood. The chapter title pages are um, held between two two trees. So that's quite nice, a nice visual to help you see that you're starting a new chapter. Yeah, I think this is definitely a young person's book, um, but I'm still very interested. <laughs> I thought I knew who Irina Brignall is, and she's not written... This is her first novel. So I was okay. like, oh, hang on, well, how do I know the name? She worked on the screenplay for The Box Trolls. Ah, cool. I love The Box Trolls. Have you seen The Box Trolls? I have No, it, it, I want to. It, it's, it's a, I think it's a Leica animation. Um, and it's about a little boy who lives amongst trolls and he's known as Eggs because he lives in the Eggs box 
It's a box of eggs. Okay. Um, and everyone knows that the box trolls are scary and they steal children, but in fact they're lovely. And it's the adults who are awful. Uh, if it is Stephen, Try- uh, Stephen Fry as a pompous, self-absorbed ninny. <laughs> ninny. So a stretch. A stretch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, it's very quick how, how quickly you can forget that you're, re- that you're holding an arc and not the actual kind of for sale. Because I just wondered who follow was because it says dedication to follow. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh. It's not. It's not lunchtime yet, people. We need. We, we need to be forgiven for my stupidity. So yes, uh, apparently she works on lots of children's uh, screenplay things. So that would make sense. I'm uh, going to take this. Okay. So that's that's my judgment on this book by its cover. Is I'm going to read it. Cool. So that's cool. Put that on the pile. I Which have a book here. It won't be in front of your face eventually. <laughs> Some big books in front of me, I'm hoping so as well. I have a book here called Lady Drackle, which has lots of other characters' names on the front, and I'm hoping they're all in it. It's not, <laughs> called, it's not called Lada Drackle. It's not called Lada Drackle. Is no. that the name of the author? Nope, that's the main character. Okay. Um, What's the book called? Oh, And I Darken. It's on the spine. It's uh, not on the front cover. Right, that's confusing, cover. Every time you've shown me this book, though, I see a name that I didn't... See that's the author. That's not a carrot. And I, I assume. No. Yeah, no, it is, no, but it's in on the front. Okay. Um, there are lots of characters' names on the front. I mean, Katniss Everdeen, Ellen Ripney, Elizabeth Bennet. You've never heard of any of these people. Um, Rory Gilmore, Emma Swan, Har- Hermione Granger, Tiffany Aching. We have talked about this <laughs> on the old show. Okay. Have we? Uh, called and I darken. The problem is. Oh yes. The problem is, is that a cover's amazing. Yeah. And that's not the cover that's coming out. <laughs> because she's the, the, the new character she's the that new. they're trying to... But yeah, I think having... Knowing nothing about this book, as soon as you showed it to me, it was like, I don't I don't understand it, and I think that maybe intrigues me a little bit. But the mm. fact that it's got, like, Lisbeth Salander and Veronica Mars <laughs> What they're trying to say there, though, is they're trying to basically say this is a strong female protagonist, and she yeah. is. And there's, there is a moment where, and it's not a spoiler, there is a moment where, rather than just being this kind of... Sometimes you get a strong female character who's like Robocop, and you're like, that's not strong or female, that's just indestructible, that's boring. And she's not like that. Uh, Lara Drucker is definitely a woman. And definitely a person, and will definitely kill you if you cross her. Nice. And it's it's that sort of you know product of her environment and who she is. Like Rory uh, Gilmore. <laughs> who is Rory Gilmore? She's from the Gilmore Girls. Oh right, um, it's not she, a book thing. <laughs> she she reads a lot. Like that's Rory Gilmore's thing. Is she's very clever. They all talk very fast. She's constantly got some form of love issue, but she reads a lot. Um, goes to university eventually. Spoilers. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna very quickly because we're spending way too much time. I'm gonna very quickly. Sorry, Ian, but uh, I'm gonna grab Pelican's Comet, uh, Book of the Dark Angels, Book One of the Dark Angels by Ian Waits. Um, that's on Yukon Press. Uh, it's got. It, it won an award for its cover, which is which is interesting because the cover is just a picture of a spaceship. Uh, it's a Jim Burns picture. Uh, Jim Burns won has won so many awards for pictures of spaceships in the past. Uh, the cover doesn't make it look interesting. The fact that I feel like a lot of sci-fi um, books have generic, pretty spaceship. 
we are in um, the Secret Book Club. I've picked up Passenger by Alexander Bracken. Um, it's got a picture of a city in a milk bottle. Um, swirly script. To be honest, for some reason, the, the city in a milk bottle thing makes me feel a bit Tenth Kingdomy. But at the same time, the reflection of the milk bottle has a ship in it. Um, whether this tells me anything about the story, I don't know. Um, but on the back, it appears to have three different settings. It's got New York City, present day, the Atlantic, 1776, and the edges of the world. Not enough to get it on my I'm going to take this home pile. But there's there's intrigue there. I think if there wasn't other stuff I had to take home, I'd maybe look into this a bit further. I've got my hands a sequel to The Falconer. I really like The Falconer. So The Falconer is by Elizabeth May. Uh, and it's about a... Um, Scottish lady in Victorian times who her hobby is hunting down dark fairies because the thing is as we all know Edinburgh's built on a mountain actually it's built on a volcano inside this volcano in this particular world which is a bit steampunk is full of evil fae because why wouldn't it be uh, and Lady Elena Cameron uh, has all sorts of really cool devices that she uses to Buffy the Vampire Slayer her way through the world of fairies um, she gets involved in the wild hunt this sort of thing I liked the falconer quite a lot uh, I'm looking at the vanishing throne I don't know if it needs a sequel you know sometimes you read a book and you're just like I don't know if I need more I'm, I'm done I've had enough ice cream uh, I might get into this it's been out for a while now sorry the theme of this was judging by the cover judging by the cover what is going on with that photo um, it's a girl being smouldery with her mouth open yeah and quite a lot of cleavage of cleavage that's a lot of cleavage on the front she's holding a gun as well though so that probably makes it more justified cleavage is is what I would assume that that has done it's like there's a she can look after herself it's like there's a smoke machine effect going around on her general cleavage <laughs> Yeah, actually, the focus of the background does emanate from the the kind of solar plexus. Let's be honest, her boobs are exploding. There's an explosion behind her boobs, yeah. Um, or, or either that or she's farted really badly. Um, sorry. That's probably not what they were going for. That's not what they're going for. But the book <laughs> itself is probably quite exciting. What have you got? What have you got? I've picked up The Loneliness of Distant Beings by Kate Ling, which just looks like a very pretty book. It looks sort of... Like an explosion of stars, but with birds. With bir- the thing is, the birds made me go, I want to read this book. <laughs> yeah. It, it's very... It's very pretty. Yeah, very stars. Yeah, it's quite stark on the back. I mean, the, the blurb is quite simply, it is that quick, that strong, that beautiful, and it is also totally impossible. I have Ooh. no idea what it is. It's no. a children's book, apparently. It is. Oh, oh, why am I always drawn to children's books? great! It doesn't look very children. No. Even though she knows it's impossible, Seren longs to have the sunshine on her skin. It's something that she feels she'll... It's something she feels she needs to stay sane. But when you're hurtling through space at a thousand kilometres an hour, sometimes you have to accept that there are things you cannot change. Oh, I love stories like that. Mm. I, You know, the dart between the stars, style, vibe to it. Yeah. Like this, you know, the coldness, the, the coldness. In fact, the loneliness of distant beings. A thousand kilometres an hour, that's still pretty distant, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think as well, the... the 
the fact that it is like stars and dark and those birds, you can already tell from the com- cover that it's probably going to be a coming of age story. I don't know what it like. You can just see that from from this. Yeah, I wouldn't get that it was a kids' book. That the cover is slightly misleading from that perspective, but the rest of it seems to fit what they've created. So that's nice. I've got an Ember in the Ashes by Sabata here. Um, I the, the cover appears to be kind of like a castle-y, churchy city with some cliffs, some very grey cliffs, with a tiny little person at the background in some light and a bit of wind. Um, and the an ember in the ashes, that's very grey. Um, an ember in the ashes is written in like gold and there's a man in the H. Um, I know literally nothing about this. Um, but the quote on the front is by Robin Hobb. The quote on the back is from Brandon Sanderson. Um, Shall I read the ping? Yeah. Uh, under the Martial Empire, defiance is met with death. When Lear's pa- grandparents are brutally murdered and her brother, brother arrested for treason by the Empire, the only people she has left to turn to are the rebels. But in exchange for their help in saving her brother, they demand that Lear spy on the ruthless commandment of the Black Cliff, the Empire's greatest military academy. Ah, off to uh. school. Should she fail, but it's more than her brother's freedom at risk, her very life is at stake. I'm being slightly more dramatic than I need to be, perhaps. Apparently the film rights have already been sold in a a seven-figure preemptive deal, with Britain Bad producer and Academy Award-winning Mark Johnson attached. What is this? It's not a fantasy story or a space story. It doesn't appear to be historical fiction. Is it a fantasy simply because it's a new world? It's 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 not a world we know. It's a, it's a Swedish medieval setting, so it's a fantasy world. Okay, that's fine then. Uh, that's, but it's, it's, it's new world fantasy as opposed to there's, it sounds magic. Like, it sounds like there's a distinct lack of dragons, but it also yeah. sounds like there's a different sort of Roman Empire in there, which you get quite quite a common theme. Mm. That kind What's of also history, really. quite interesting is how many of the books we've pulled out so far are female protagonist stories. Is that because people are suddenly going, oh, people want female protagonists now? That's what's cool. We're getting there. Yeah. We are getting there. There's a, there's a genuine to, to head towards that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and quite a lot of female authors as well that we've picked out so far. That's very interesting. What have you got there, Ross? I've picked a book called, book called Mashup, which is stories <laughs> inspired by famous first lines. Um, so the, the gist as I grasp it so far is um, okay I'll read the, just to the back of the book Pride and Prejudice meets Macbeth by way of the Wizard of Oz and a dollop of the speculative in this entertaining anthology where authors get inspirations for short stories from the first lines of famous works of literature uh, most of the cover is the names of authors who are in it rather than anything described in one of the content so we have John Scalzi Tad Williams uh, Mary Robinette Kowal you will pick out some other names Mike Vesney who is either brilliant or crap depending on depending on what mood he's in uh, yeah Mary Robinette Kowal um, she's written an absolute pile of brilliant stuff Lavi Tida uh, we love Lavi uh, he, he's so charming uh, and lovely uh, best name ever every time every time Lavi Tida comes up I'm like oh Fantastic name, Tad. You know, you know. I have a confession to make about Tad Williams. I've only actually read one Tad Williams novel, which was mm-hmm. the uh, of a 
world stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I just kind of couldn't because he writes, he's like Peter Hamilton, he writes so much. Yeah, it just like, keeps coming. So, so a short story by Tad Williams, I'm just like, hooray, <laughs> I can actually get through that in time. Um, it does seem to be relying on the authors to sell the book. I mean, not a bad thing, but I don't, if, I, you, if you haven't read these authors, it's relying on them a lot mm. rather than the concept of the. You get that in a lot of anthologies recently, Quite though, but I think it's a really nice idea. This is, I mean, this is very much a, a kind of a collection that would appeal to that sort of fan as well. Mm. The sort of person, the sort of person who goes to Worldcon, the sort of person who really is into their sci-fi. Because yeah. those names, I mean, John Scalzi, Elizabeth Baird, John Scalzi, Nancy Crass, Jack Campbell, they're all names, mm-hmm. but they're not, you know, massive headliner names. Well, yeah. Exception John Scalzi, who's getting there certainly. But um, yeah, that's quite a good. Um, I like the idea of mashups. Shall, should, can I be really cheeky? You go for it. There's a there's a great mashup coming out called Shakespeare versus Cthulhu. Oh, uh, it's oh. got some fantastic authors writing for it. Um, Grim McNeil's in there. Is it just uh, Macbeth? Because <laughs> like, that's already a little bit Shakespeare meets Cthulhu, isn't it? Like, horrible, horrible things. Chaos. Uh, it's Jonathan Green. It's Adrian Tchaikovsky. It's Grim McNeil, <clears throat> and it's me. Uh, I'm in there as well. So. Uh, I'll, we'll move swiftly on. Oh, are we allowed to do that now? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it'd be really cheeky. <laughs> and it comes out in August, uh, and uh, that's all I can say about it, because I can't review my own book. Yeah. Well, I did pick up that book because the title looked quite strong. On the the, the, the title mashup just looked... This is going to be interesting. It's very bold, isn't yeah. it? It's like, you can't miss The title it. is going to sell this if the names don't. I've picked up uh, The Crystal Run by Sheila Flanagan. Um, very blue bits of colour. Appears a very moon and sky. Lots of moon and sky books we picked up today. Um, but yeah, they, there's kind of like colourful clouds going on. There appear to be some youngish people running towards a castle that's got some birds around it. Um... The thing on the front says, read Sheila O'Flanagan like you've never read her before. One of the things with this, though, is this is the proof. Again, this is an arc book, so potentially not the image that's going to be used. But this is how they're selling it to review it. Um, Frantic escape from danger. Joe is transported to another world where he is plunged into the training regime of the runners. Their mission is to protect the shield, which keeps the Carcassians... Caucasians. The Cardassians. It did sound. No, Cardassians. Canadians. These ones. What? Oh, what word are you reading? I'm reading oh, a different one. one. No. I was reading the one above. Carcassians. 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 Okay. Safe from their enemy, the Canadians. Um. Oh, I don't know. I think it sounds like stories I've read before. Without, and I know that's. But we are judging by its cover. I'm sure other people have read it and or are excited by it, and that is absolutely fair enough. Um, that's not enough to make me know why I'd read this over any of the other I'm in a training thing to do the thing I'm supposed to do because that's what life tells me to do stories there just seem to be an awful lot of and then she goes to an academy and learns how to be awesome well couldn't she start being awesome or he or it or they Can, can they start being awesome please Kind of, I get the whole. It's aiming at a school kind of story. It's like, hmm. That said, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. He just spent seven years in school. Hmm. It doesn't really leave school until the end of the series. Yeah. It doesn't. Does he graduate? 
Well, no, he doesn't finish, does he? He doesn't do his seventh year. So he's a dropout. Unless that what happens after. <laughs> he is a dropout. <laughs> but for a very noble reason, it wasn't just that he was like, I don't want to go to school anymore. Um, I have to say, though, upon reading the rest of this, the rest of the blurb, it's actually annoyed me a little bit, and I wouldn't read this. Um, <laughs> Joe is instantly under suspicion. Is he a terrorist, sorcerer, or spy? When paired with Kaya on her run, he realises how much is at stake. A runner's destiny is death, but he can't let Kaya die. As they fight to escape, Joe needs to find a way to save them both. It just makes it feel like Kaya's not really part of this story already. It just feels like Kaya's just there and he's going to look after her and he's in charge and I'll make sure we don't die. Um, so it's a one-person story, which I can't be bothered with. Um, as bad as that sounds, I wouldn't read it. I'm, I've picked up this book primarily because I already know the author. Um, I, I'm a fan of Guy Gabriel Kay. Mm. This is Children of Earth and Sky, which seems to be running a theme, and I'm assuming... Well, there's no there's no description of characters on the back, but um, there's quite a few accolades. Uh, when the world is divided between those who worship the stars and those who worship the sun, when the balance of power is shifting and the city of cities has fallen, when men and women are caught up in the vortex of war, in extraordinary times, noble lives are untouched and legends emerge. Which is quite bold. I've no idea what it's about, but I know the author. I like his previous stuff, so... Mm. So I'd like the rest of the reactions of the other two. Um, well, I'm the same. I picked it up as well because I went, here's a big book. Um, and, but yeah, knew the author. But then the here's a big book put me yeah, off. Yeah, we, we did briefly riffle through it and we realised you could cut the top inch off the top of the book with that. But it's an arc, so let's... It, let's... Is, it is an arc, but one of the points I made on the last bookworm I did when I reviewed Wolf by Wolf is whether it's an arc or not. If you've got uncomfortable hands, you're being removed from that story and people need to remember that. But then one of the things that's also annoying me about my thing about Wolf by Wolf, um, because the, the book that I took from here to review was the actual sale copy. And just looking through one of the boxes here... The ARC copy was a normal-sized book. <laughs> like, what, what is happening? Um, yeah, it is ARC, so maybe it won't be that big, but that, I, is, I, that is large. I normally get very excited by Guy Gavriel mm. and that... I mean, it, it strikes me as yet another Guy Gavriel novel, in the sense that it's a weird alternate history, alternate world, big cities, yeah. big stuff going on, people's going on. There's a thing from the book list on the back here, The Heir to Totlian's Tradition. Nonsense. He's not Tolkien-esque at all. He did help write the Silmarillion. Okay, well, there's that. But was he... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Just to get... He's the heir. It doesn't mean he's followed the footsteps or done anything with it. It's like when a, a child inherits a company and goes, well, we made cars, but now I want to make... Polar bears. Yeah, that yeah, that one. Mechanical polar Brilliant. bears. Yeah, like Tony Stark did. Didn't make. He stop. goes. I don't want to make weapons anymore. He's still the heir of the company. That that's true. I'm not yes, sure. it is. That's not sure how that fits with because what they what they're doing is they're walking <laughs> Tolkien. Or they're like, if you like Tolkien, you'll like this. It's like, well, of course I like Tolkien. I like fantasy novels. I picked up Guy Gabriel Gear. He was a famous fantasy writer. But that doesn't help me. Seeing it's like it's like <laughs> it's like Tolkien. Oh wow, that's I helpful. There is I something think... very, there is something very grandiose about the words on the back of this book, which, as opposed to how sort of intricate and political most of his stories seem to be, this sounds you know legends mm. will emerge. 
is a bit vague of fantasy. Do you know what annoys me about the fact that they say if you like Giorgio or Martin or you'll like Tolkien and you'll like this? What annoys me is that what they're doing is they're saying, well, you already know who Tolkien is and you already know who Giorgio or Martin is, so it's okay for us to talk about them. Well, what they should do, for example, is they should say, if you like a list of authors that you may not have heard of, if you like these people, then you'll probably like this guy. And then you can go... Ah, okay. Well, I don't know who that guy is, but I know who that woman is, and I know who that is. So, okay, I know where I am in the room. But they don't do that mm. because they don't want to promote other writers. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to cross promote. And they should. They should completely yeah, cross promote because it helps me as the reader buy the book. The amount of music I found because Spotify has done stuff like that. The other people who listen to this listen to this or if you like this maybe try this like here are people who have a similar thing to if this is the reason that you like it then maybe give these a listen it makes sense one thing with this though as well is I think you can tell like you were saying like yeah we've got this alternative history thing I think the cover does that really well but then yes yeah, so we've got like that affair on the back and legends like these words being thrown and then the bottom is a hashtag um, which kind of removes you from that historical <laughs> fantasy idea a little bit and brings you right back into the modern world. Which which Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is it? Where they go towards like a part of the universe where God's last words are. I mean, mm. they they walk up the mountain and they go the distance. And I think it's the fourth one. And uh, the Mar- Marvin the paranoid android is has, has at this point looped round time and space so many times it's actually older than the universe itself. <laughs> and he's complaining about the fact that everything is broken, uh, except for his diodes, which have always hurt him. Uh, and they finally get to the end of it, and they see God's words written on a mountainside and it says we apologise for the inconvenience (laughs) (laughs) and it's like hashtag God (laughs) which obviously is not in there but I suspect had it had a hashtag been invented Douglas Adams would have added one Mm. I've picked up The Doubt Factory by Paolo (laughs) Bakigano Um, I picked it up because I could only see the spine and it's got an interesting font um, but then I actually looked at the author Um, the cover, I'm not going to lie doesn't interest me but the author would mean I would still read this Um, Paolo I don't actually know how to say the last name but I'm going with Becky Galoopy, sorry Um, wrote The Wind Up Girl which is kind of a future dystopian thing Um, yeah the front for some reason to me just looks a bit CCTV Um, but then again it's something called The Doubt Factory who knows that might play into it quite well Um, I don't everything Alex knows about her life is a lie at least according to the mysterious young man she keeps seeing everywhere but then the man tells her that the person behind the lies is her own father and the crimes he is supposedly guilty of are more than Alex can bear to hear. If she wants to uncover the truth, Alex must make an impossible choice. Can someone you have loved and known your whole life actually have the heart of a killer? Um, that, again, considering normally you get sent genre fiction, from that blurb, this could just be YA. Yes, I have a feeling that's very much more YA than it's... Yeah, it doesn't feel like genre fiction from the cover, it doesn't feel like genre fiction from the blurb. Um, I'm wondering if people think it's genre fiction simply because of the author and having previously done a very interesting um, dystopian future book. There is that There is that kind of, well, if you like this, you'll love this, and you're like, well, our brief is mostly genre fiction, so... 
Um, I've just pulled this out. It apparently came out in January. Um, and it's been sitting in our book pile, be, being waiting to be read. Mm-hmm. And it's called Confessions of a Gentleman Arachnid by Michael C- uh, Corwood. And it's on Montag Press. Montag Pre- Press have a little thing which is, Books worth burning! Really? Okay. So, uh, meet, meet Milligan Clodthorpe, a gentleman arachnid of exceptional lineage who finds himself involuntarily inhabiting the body of a, of a human female. Ew. Bainbridge, the cad who now inhabits Milligan's arachnid form, is known throughout the galaxy as a fully selfish and uncivilised. Uh, okay. Um, judging it by the cover, there's a um, illustration of a spider who is dapperly dressed... <laughs> oh yes, no, that is very daffy. He has a Bentley <laughs> in one of his many, many limbs. He's carrying dapper, a dapper. walking stick. He's he's got a monocle in the other hand and what appears to be checkered trousers. Checker trousers. What appears to be some sort of uh, pocket watch. Um, yes, uh, I'm just looking at the quick. From the author of The Unexpected Death of a Soldier, a fresh look at classic genre themes with vivid action sequences, diverse characters, and yes. Um, a Londoner who loves P.G. Wardhouse, Terry Pratchett, and Douglas Adams. You surprise me. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to read this. I'm very sorry. Uh, it, I might give it the first hundred pages and then go insane. Uh, possibly. What have you got there? I've got Orange Boy. I picked it up because it was called Orange Boy, but obviously because it's me, it's YA, apparently, because that's the only <laughs> thing I'm attracted to. Um, the, literally, from having looked at the cover and read the back, I can tell you nothing about this story. And granted, this is the uncorrected proof, um, so again, we've been, it's the arc that's been sent. Um, but the front is a picture of a young person I don't know if it's a boy or a girl wearing a hoodie holding a smart screen phone and their head has exploded into a world of colour with musical notes and um, records and broken hearts and lightning bolts and stars and and more colour um, the, 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 the tag on the front is I was the kid people look straight through not anymore not since Mr Orange and fair fair if you were walking down the street and you saw a kid with whose head had exploded into a world of colour I think you would definitely notice them yeah absolutely um, but the, on the back again I'm told nothing about the story I've just got raw and powerful this thrilling coming of age debut from equality activist and feminist Patrice Lawrence is, an anticip- is anticipated to set the world of contemporary YA fiction alight um, so yeah potentially uh, I can see why that would be enough to make some people be interested in reading it but without knowing anything about the story I don't know if I'd devote time to it I don't know if someone telling me that something is going to revolutionise YA is enough for me to want to, to put time and invest things in this I've picked up the Nebula Awards Showcase 2016 the year's best science fiction and fantasy which is edited by Mercedes Lackey, published by PYR. Pyre. Pyre, okay. Shows what I know. Uh, there is a naked woman on the front. Yay! She's, she's strategically covered in billowing hair, though. Apart from the one boob that isn't doesn't have a nipple. She's either, she's either in space or underwater. Or yeah. underwater in space. She may be underwater in space. She's a bit green. 
And it's Nebula. You'd expect a spacey vibe, wouldn't you? Well, I think last year Nebula had a picture of a spaceship, so it's either a spaceship or, you know, semi-naked person. It's not always a semi-naked lady, in fairness. It's normally just, like, some sort of alien in the state of undress. Mm. So so who's... Because there's a big, long list of writers on there. There is. One of those, I'm pretty sure, was on the anthology that you picked up before. Um, Was it Nancy Cress? Was she on Mashup? On the Mashup one. uh, Don't put those too far. I'm taking some of those home. I'm I'm watching you, Ross. Trying nope. to sneak my pile. Nancy Cress is indeed in the table so you can read this book. <laughs> Jeff Vandermeer, who's a well-known name in the world of sci-fi. These, this is a list of usual suspects, really, isn't it? Uh, Annette de Boudard, I got, I've been told off. I, I'm not allowed to call her Annette de Boudou anymore. Uh, Annette de Boudard, uh, he was amazing, by the by. And if you haven't read her recent stuff. Um, is absolutely it's alternate alternate reality alternate history magic settings really nice look at how magic works and the, the actual logic of magic is a common theme in her work and absolutely worth your time uh, the nebulas of course are um put together by the science fiction and fantasy writers of America who are not to be confused with the people who do Worldcon, these are the people who do the Nebulas, so it's the, the Nebulas rather than the Hugo Awards, it's that other award list that we talk about all the time in the show. Uh, who is who is on this collection? Because this is basically a collection of, because the Nebulas have been announced already, so this is just a collection of cool short stories. Uh, oh goodness me. Uh, it, 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 it actually explains to you the Nebula award winning process as well and how you can be involved and what happens and it's got the, the winners of the various ballots and all the rest of it in front of cover uh, yeah again this is one of those ones much like Mashup actually it's one of those ones that I would say if you're trying to get back into sci-fi and fantasy grab either Mashup which is on Titan um, and edited by Gardner Desoy or uh, Nebula Award Showcase 2016 which is edited by Mercedes Lackey because it gives you a list of writers that you can dive in and find out more about though Ursula Vernon is in the Nebula Showcase one so maybe you want to go for the Nebula Award Showcase 2016 because Ursula Vernon is amazing have you read Jack and Lope Wives by the way no, it's on the internet. Go, 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 go. Not, not now, obviously. But once you've listened to the show, read Jack of Lope Wives. It's great. Ed's eyes got really big then, so I think that actually, maybe, yeah, this is a genuine tip. Um, I've picked up Throne of the Crescent Moon um, by Saladin Ahmed. Um, before, kind of, basically, that the whole cover of this book has a very Middle Eastern vibe going on. There's a really interesting print background. Um, the font of the of, of the words Crescent Moon kind of has that Arabian kind of nights feel to it. It feels like a script. Um, and there's I don't know what because I don't know much about swords so I don't know what the type of sword is called scimitar. but is it a sim, scimitar or scimitar sorry I've always said scimitar scimitar but, um, I, don't, I don't know I literally I, don't know I don't speak English normally so mm. um, blurb not blurb um, <laughs> the 
quote on the front is Scott Lynch. Um, obviously, lots of people like Scott Lynch. The quote, though, is literally read this thing. Um, but it's also been shortlisted for Nebula and Hugo Awards. It's Saladin Ahmed. He is amazing. And mm-hmm. um, that's the, the, the front of the Crescent Moon is the book that lots of people go, you should read this. Okay. That's almost certainly in the book box because we've had multiple copies. I've been going, you should read this to various yeah. people. Um, normally, fellow reviewer types who haven't read Saladin Ahmed yet um, when we talk about the diversity of voices and different opinions and worldviews, Saladin Ahmed gets brought up because he's got a very different writing style, he's got a very different cultural approach and he can write your socks off, you know what I mean Yeah, he's, well, he's just very good the other quote is Patrick Rothfuss um, and I think there's there's definitely a connection between Scott Lynch and, and Patrick Rothfuss, I think people who've read Gentleman Bastards have probably also read um, ah, Patrick Rothfuss's Name of the Wind, isn't it? Yes. Or is that the lo- That's Name of the Wind. Yeah, okay because just because there were certain books I used to buy at the same time and so the author all blend and Patrick Rothfuss unfortunately the name of the wind blends with um, like the left hand of God um, which just because simply I bought them at the same time Um, but no yeah I would I'm intrigued enough to read it Um, I like the idea of Middle Eastern fantasy that doesn't sound kind of um, too I think sometimes you can get too like 2D with an idea and this doesn't sound like it or look like it would be so I'd, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd put this on the pile to take home so I've got in my hands it happened one doomsday uh, fans of Jim Hines Di- uh, Diana Rowland and Shuna Maguire will love this fresh urban fantasy magic is real a handful of sorcerers wield its arcane power against the forces of darkness unfortunately Drew isn't one of them sure she's got potential she can use crystals to see enchantments or throw uh, an occasional portion she can research practically anything in the back of her little stall here sandwiched between a pawn shop and a 24 hour liquor mart she sells enough crystals incense and magic charms to scrape by until a demon turns up it's a short version uh it's a nice cover actually for this it does say in big letters cover not vinyl so we might be lying yeah. but it's a big green thing with kind of a big green ab- abstract thing that makes it look a bit comedy it does and I think the title alone would be enough to make me read that if I'm honest <laughs> the idea of it happened one doomsday I like, I like it very much I like the idea of them not quite being um, the hero that we think they are yeah, you see what I'm saying. It's like they're not quite, not like quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've got Alice by Christina Henry. Just from looking at the cover, the cover there's the silhouette of a gnarly rabbit holding a pocket watch. So I'm definitely holding an Alice in Wonderland story. I know that straight away, even if it wasn't called Alice, the big gnarly rabbit with a pocket watch. But I'm assuming because the rabbit is gnarly, that it's maybe a bit kind of it's going to be like dark I'm assuming I'd go maybe quite American McGee I would assume um, it's probably going to be horrible uh, and just yeah probably just gnarly um, the quote on the top is a world that is nothing like Lewis Carroll ever imagined uh, uh. I sat in a, a bar in at a convention at one point and someone was telling me about Christina Henry's work mm-hmm. and my brain was like 
I really want to read this or I really don't. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Because I'm, granted, I know it's like quite fashionable, but I do really like Alice in Wonderland. I have a, I'm wearing an Alice in Wonderland necklace right now. I think Alice is really important to me. Um, and I think lots of lots of people, which is fair enough. So yeah, part of me is like, oh, it's Alice. I'd be interested to see what someone else has created. But another part of me is going, no, it's Alice. Leave it alone. Um, it's mine. Um, but the other book that's um, attached to this book, but I don't know if it's a series. I can't see anything that says it is, is The Red Queen. So again, that already kind of conjures up C.S. Lewis kind of stuff as well. Um because yeah well, I don't know whether the Red Queen is, is Queen of Hearts but there's already that connection there I yeah would maybe do it but a bit scared okay uh, I've got alt.sherlock.homes uh, by Jimmy Wyman <laughs> Jeannie Kirk and I don't know how it's pronounced Jeannie Cock maybe or Kosh Kosh or Kosh and yeah. Glenn Men I'd say Men M-E-H-N for those of you googling it uh, three very different Baker Streets, three very different Sherlock's, three extraordinary new cases. Um, it's uh, on a button. Uh, it's David Thomas Nemur, who's an editor whom I trust. He did uh, 221 Baker Streets, which is the alternate reality collection of short stories. Mm. Um, they do like the, doing their novellas to a button. They do like kind of slotting in these slightly longer stories. Um, but yes, so these, this appears to be a showcase of relatively new talent by the looks of things. Um, and the stories are The Case of the Tattooed Bride, um, A Study in Starlets, I uh, see what they've done there, and The Power of Media. Right, so it's, it's remixed an, home stories. Yeah, it's an American retelling thing, because I mean, the, the stories on the back say uh, they've startling visions of the great detective as a carnival owner and fortune teller in the 30s American Dust Bowl, as a drugged up, tuned out weird neck in 60s New York City, and as the most irregular consultant in present day Hollywood. <laughs> so, definitely not London. This is, is this elementary? Well, yeah. I think mean, it's alt, isn't it? It's alt.sherlock.homes. Well, yeah. So it's yeah. alternate versions of homes. So, so as in the same way that elementary is meant to be, they've gone through, they've gone for three different takes on a well-known character, and tried to mix it up a little bit. Weirdly, because the theme of this is judging it by the covers, you can buy all of those novellas separately online, and the okay. covers for the novellas are on this handy press release. Great radio, we know. Um, but it seems to be a collection of knives. It so does. One's a knife, another one's a knife. They're cool knives, in fairness. So they're doing very interesting dramatic things, and then just some bloke's head. Yeah, I think because the, the, the copy that, that Ross is holding... Um, is just three pictures of faces so I'm assuming they are the three faces of that author's Sherlock Holmes and I think that's more effective than a knife, a knife and a face um, three faces of Holmes yeah da, da, da. but I think that's already telling me stuff, the faces shall I Shall I quickly ok, V.E. Swabs A Gathering of Shadows which is a sequel to uh, A Dark Shade of Magic this is the one with Red London and Grey London and Black London and that sort of thing we very briefly talked about V.E. Schwab before, we'll get round to it honestly, we, we promise and uh, we'll try and get her on the show as well so we can talk about them um, but uh, Kurt is one of the last magicians to the ability to travel between parallel universes linked to the magical city of London I wouldn't call London magical but there you go uh, four months since the the, the Dane twins of White London fell and the stone was cast and the Holland's dying body back into Black London so lots and lots of spectrums of London then um, 
I don't know if there's a Puce in London, but there probably isn't. So, the, the cover, judging it by the cover, it's, it's, very, it's very Tales of the Unexpected, isn't I it? I wouldn't know that had anything to do with London. Oh, he's, st- he's walking on a map, I suppose. Yeah, there's a map of London. But considering London seems to be such a key kind of part of what's going on here, um, I wouldn't know. From the cover, I'd have assumed that that was maybe some form of assassin fiction. Like funky magic fantasy world assassin-esque affair because um, it's just a silhouette of a person with some knives I think there's a, a whole shadowy theme going on and it's called a covering of shadows and it so. looks like they're wearing a cape made of abstract art I like the idea of a, car, a cape made out of abstract art yeah. maybe with the castle on my back yeah. I might get one of those <laughs> um, we've got plenty of books so many um, so many books so uh, we've just spent the last hour judging books by its cover yeah uh, what conclusions did we come to with with no backup at all think we were very accurate <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's interesting how many impressions you can get from looking at a book but that Goodreads did that last year, didn't they? Goodreads created a quiz whereby you could you looked at a book cover and guessed how how many star ratings people had given it on Goodreads. And you can be surprisingly accurate by thinking about the audience that you reckon the book would appeal to and what they would think of a book that had that cover because that cover has been created by an author trying to give you an impression of what you're about to read. Um is very interesting and quite I quite enjoyed doing that because I think you can be blatant as well because it's not a real judgment is it or there are any of those authors that read that if I've said something horrible about their book I haven't said something horrible about their actual book because you've not read it yeah I haven't read it like none of these judgments are kind of can hopefully be upsetting if anything if we've said bad things about a book that turns out to be great that just suggests it's been marketed badly <laughs> and that's the thing isn't it is that we have this turn of phrase which is never judge a book by its cover and it's like well what by which they mean don't judge by appearances but books are a terrible thing not to judge by their cover because, <laughs> because there's a marketing team behind them who carefully carefully worked out what how to communicate to you in a very simple language what this book is and here it will appeal to so which you know that's like don't judge a book by a cover but hang on are we saying therefore that if someone has a very smart clothes and they're very well presented and they care about their appearance does that mean that we shouldn't judge them as someone who cares about their appearance because that's what I you know if someone is really well dressed my impression is wow you're really well dressed yeah (laughs) (laughs) but I think um, because that saying is more about the idea of assuming you know more about a person assuming that a well-dressed person is well-dressed i think is okay um, assuming that they're like, rich or evil yeah. or whatever um and like the man who stopped me in morrison's earlier because he came over to tell me that he was about to discount loads of stuff and i went oh okay i don't really know what i'm here for so maybe yeah i'll go and look at the reduced section it might inspire me and then he went i could tell you were intelligent just by how you're dressed I was like, how can you tell I'm intelligent now because I'm following you to a reduced section and you found me looking at cake? I don't... <laughs> what? <laughs> Eating cake is a sign of intelligence. Apparently. <laughs> so, shall we say goodbye? We shall. Um, so, thank you for listening to Brave New Words. Uh, if you have any criticisms please contact us on Twitter um, and let us know. We can also find us on Tumblr and on Facebooks. And you might want to join our secret book club whilst you're there. Uh, I've been Ed Fortune. Uh, I'm Del. I'm Ross. 
and um, see you again next week. Mm-hmm.